1965, Bob Dylan was at the height of his influence. His songs of political change coupled with folk music were ubiquitous. His music launched a whole generation of people which, who, for better or for worse, were writing their own songs and singing them alone with an acoustic guitar. Then, in 1965, Dylan did something no one expected. He went electric, sort of. He recorded an album ironically titled Bringing It All Back Home that was half electric and half acoustic. A month after it was released, Dylan went on tour in England, and that tour was documented by filmmaker D.A. Pennebaker. Pennebaker shot backstage footage of Dylan hanging out with Joan Baez along with Donovan and Marianne Faithful and other British folk stars. It famously depicted Bob Dylan and Allen Ginsberg holding pun-laden cue cards that they tossed alongside with the lyrics. Have you guys seen this? There's, you know, you've probably seen like commercials that reference it, but they're holding up like cue cards that have one word, and they drop them as the song goes on. It's like one of the, people think it's the first music video, whatever. <laughs> it was all to the song Subterranean Homesick Blues. But this film captured a major transition in Dylan's work. And appropriately, it was titled, Don't Look Back. Don't look back. The title was in part a reference to a Dylan lyric. It goes, she's got everything she needs. She's an artist. She don't look back. The lyric is also vaguely tied to the story from Genesis of Lot's wife, who turned back to look at her hometown of Sodom one last time and was transformed into a pillar of salt. Oops. While he is still very salty these days, Dylan never did return to his early form as a writer of protest songs for solo acoustic guitar. Don't look back. Don't look back. It is age-old wisdom, as true for the ancient Israelites as it was for Bob Dylan, Pablo Picasso, Steve Jobs, Oscar Romero, Romero, and Harriet Tubman. If you want to move forward, be it in art, invention, or politics, don't look back. Don't get stuck on the way that things have been. Don't look back. That is the message we get from both Jesus and Elijah today. As we sang a moment ago, keep your hands on the plow, hold on, a song that clearly references both passages from today. Did we catch that? Did we catch that in the two passages? In the first one, Elijah is actively plowing, right? In the second one, Jesus says, no one that puts their hands to the plow. We're talking... The same metaphor, right? Jesus is referencing something that has come before. As some folks sing the song that we just sang, keep your eyes on the prize. Either way, it is a lesson of focus, of setting goals and sticking to them. In Luke, we read one of the most 
crucial turning points in the gospel, in Luke's gospel. It says, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. And later in the same passage, Jesus' face was set toward Jerusalem. Set toward Jerusalem. This is the turning point in Luke, the point in which Jesus' ministry and all the action of the gospel move from Galilee to the cross. Everything that we read here is from that context. Everything from here out is pointed toward Jerusalem and toward the goal of the cross. It is the goal from which Jesus must not be distracted. If we are people who follow Jesus, we must follow Jesus to the cross. If we want to follow, we cannot be distracted from that goal. Here at St. Mike's, we talk about and strive to practice mindfulness, a technique to hone our thoughts and focus on something very specific rather than following the so-called monkey mind, the thought process that jumps from branch to branch, eating whatever it finds there. Contrast to that short attention span and distraction, mindfulness allows us to find deep satisfaction in where we are, in who we are, and in what we are doing. In the summer after my second year in seminary, I spent a little time at Tignot Han's Plum Village in France. And while I was there, Tignot Han, for those of you who are not aware, is a Vietnamese Zen Buddhist who, uh, who is one of the mindfulness gurus, right? While we were there, there are various practices that we take on. Like, like you, you're trying to walk mindfully, so you're paying attention to your foot setting down and your foot coming back up. When you're eating, you chew each bite 30 to 50 times. 30 50 times. And during that process, I also learned something that I have now neglected, but which is a great practice, which is when you take a bite of food, you set your utensil down and do not fill your utensil or pick it up until you have completed your bite. I know it sounds novel. <laughs> These practices allow us to focus on what we're doing, to keep our eyes on the prize. The health effects of mindfulness practices are significant. Reduced stress, lower heart rate, improved digestion, increased gray matter in the brain. Studies show that two weeks of 15 minutes a day of mindfulness practice increases our gray matter, changes our brains. I know. Clearly, the ability to stay on track is beneficial for the human animal. It is also beneficial in our social and political pursuits. Many of us care about a lot of different things. We talked about this last week a little bit. 
with the demoniac called Legion. How there, we have so many cares, how, so many things that call for our attention, right? So many different ways in which our attention, our concerns, our passions can be divided. We care about a variety of issues, but if we want to make a difference, we must focus on our work on specific changes. We cannot be distracted. We cannot look back these days. There is a lot of looking back in politics. It seems to lead us where we'd expect. Backward. Backward. That is how I would describe the abortion laws that are springing up. That is how I would describe current U.S. immigration policies. That is how I would describe our idiotic clinging to fossil fuels. Backward. Backward. In this God-love life, we must not look back. We cannot move backward. We seek progress, not regression. That is the amazing thing about this passage from First Kings. I know it's not one that you probably turn to in your morning devotion. <laughs> but it beautifully exemplifies this ability to move forward. When he is called, Elisha makes a fire with the wooden tools on which he is, is riding. And in that fire, he cooks the oxen. In the process, he feeds the people around him. Elisha turns his back on his previous life by destroying the very tools of his trade. The tools that kept him alive and fed his family. The tools of his livelihood. There was no going back. That is how it is with life in abundance. That is how it is with love. We don't go back. When you love someone, you don't long for your life without them. <laughs> when you have children, you don't wish that they were never born. <laughs> when you find your calling, you never turn back to doing anything else. Don't look back. Set your face on the kingdom of God. Set our faces on the embodying of the love that gives entirely without distraction. We must set our faces together and never turn back.